It's the Dick and Ham Show episode, you know, whatever, nine, I guess. Last last week I, I screwed the intro and said we had Sam with us, even though we, we didn't. But it's uh, Sam Camp, The Ranch, and uh, David here in Oslo. Andrew is busy, you know, too, too good for us these days now that he's become become a big shot. It's on the award circuit. And what does that circuit look like these days? It's a Zoom circuit. It's not a physical circuit of any type. It's a shame that Andrew's not here because I've got a couple of big fish have landed in the mailbag that he's been waiting for for a long, long time. And it's almost a shame that he's not here to react to it, but he's not. So this is, this is how it is. One of them I preempted. It's, it's a man who have been waiting for called Peter. T- should I start with that? Or should I start with Trent the f- dead rat? P- well, I think you answered your own question. Yeah, no, well, I'll start with Tom. So it is quite a long email. I don't, I don't know. Let's see. Let's, let, let's, let's see how we go here. Just, just jump in when, when you feel like saying something. To the meat and potatoes crew. Sorry, I meant to say the Dick and Ham Boys. Different podcast. Ha ha. Anyway, great start. Bad start. Yeah, leave, leave the comedy stuff to us, yeah. It seems everyone, talented or not, has a podcast. Well, ouch. Fortunately, yours is one of the better ones. Okay, that's nice. And I think over the last episode, eight, last eight episodes, your podcast balls have really grown. Okay. Me and my <laughs> 11-year-old, emphasis added, fine. I don't know why you put that in. Nick, find it a very entertaining show to listen to on the weekends. Hats off to you all. Thank you. So he's listening to it with his kid. We just need to be aware of that. We've got 11-year-olds listening. That just seems bad for Nick. On that score, could you please give a shout out to Nick? He loves the show and said to me that it's amazing to think that he and his mates talk about exactly the same stuff as you blokes do. Although in fairness, he did say not the antitrust law stuff, which he thought demonstrated only an intermediate level grasp of legal concepts. (laughs) 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 That's that's actually pretty funny. Audience of one one for that comment. (laughs) So we should start Uh, by giving giving him a shout out. So no, we should give Nick Nick, a shout out. Nick, a massive shout out to you. You just burnt boots so hard. You should see his face right now. He's just, he's so just... He's made Nick. You killed him. It was great. Nick, Nick, Nick can't do anything wrong in my mind because he's winning me fifteen thousand dollars for a bet that we made. <laughs> so thank you, Nick. You could do whatever the fuck you want, including repeating this sort of language in front of your mother. Fuck balls, <laughs> cockface. All right. Yeah, dick snap. I like um. I, I, I like Nicky's uh, intellectual curiosity. He actually questioned me on a call um, that I had with Tom about whether or not it was true that Luke Skywalker had originally had the absurd name of like Luke Death Eater or whatever. Oh, Luke Starkiller. Luke Starkiller. Yeah, Starkiller, yeah. And uh, he, he was wondering if that was actually legit. And I told him that, as I understand it, it is legit. And then as he grows older, he'll realize that. George Lucas, for the most part, is a clown, but somehow just lucked onto the Star Wars and it was good. So it's just one of those things. He did. And some, someone steered him away from a couple of those things and it uh, you know, really helped. So do you want to hear the rest of what Nick said? Because th- this is like half the email. So now that, start. now that the laughter has subsided, I'll go on. Anyway, Nick had a heap of questions for you guys, but I thought it best to limit it to the most important ones. Oh, okay, here we go. I think you know what's coming. First question, is it okay to have a relationship with a mate's sister? 
Sam, based on your specific experience, did you follow any particular etiquette? E.g., did you need to ask permission from your mate first or is it all fair game? Also, are you that guy who once appeared on a Stingers episode as an orderly? <laughs> oh, look. He's just throwing haymakers. <laughs> Nick. Nick is on fire. Yeah, look. Look, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, both <laughs> questions. I get them a lot. Uh, on the Stingers front, yes. Look, it's embarrassing. I don't like to make a big thing of it. But yeah, look, that is me. And so, still picking up those residual checks now. In terms of the other thing, look, I think there is a protocol you've got to follow. Depends on the circumstances, clearly. But at the point where you're all adults and the age difference isn't too significant, I think you just got to show a man respect. And, uh, and that's what I did. And it seemed to uh, work out until she uh, crushed my heart. But uh, from a male friendship point of view, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a, there's a question back to Nick in return. What, I mean, what's the dating scene like as an 11-year-old in 2020? What, how does it even work? At age 11, you're not on Tinder, I know that, but what are you on? You're on, I guess you're just messaging the shit out of each other a lot. My point of view is I'm sure it is a hell of a lot worse than I think it is, you know. Yeah. Worse in what way though? Oh, it's probably just so much more advanced. This feels like territory we should probably just steer away from. Yeah, let's move on to the next question. <laughs> next, next question. I find it hard to concentrate for long periods of time doing my homework but I don't want to have any regrets down the track. Yeah, I'm sure he wrote this. This sounds exactly yeah, like yeah, his wrote. Paul, if you had your time over again, <laughs> what would you have done differently in order to win the book prize for politics in year 12? That's, that's it. I don't know how he knows about that, but that's his question. <laughs> Look, one, one man chose to blow Mr. Young and I didn't. So, this, <laughs> I, I don't regret any of my decisions. Nick's dad needs to live with himself and that's where we are. All right, we've got to get through this or we're never going to finish. This, this is the end of it, I promise. Final question. What was it like having to read printed versions of Playboy magazines? This is actually a question for Andrew. I have to answer on his behalf. Andrew, how did you manage to accumulate so many editions as an underage reader? And is it true that you passed your collection on to my godfather, Tim? Does anyone know the answer <laughs> Either of those. I, I can answer the first part. Printed versions of Playboy magazines, it was your only access to, to nudity. So it's not like you had choices. You couldn't go onto the internet because there was no such thing. So didn't know any better. There certainly, there was risk associated with possessing them because you didn't want your parents, specifically your mum, to find them. So one thing you had to do was hide them. And that was, I guess, I guess similarly now, if you stored porn on a computer you'd have to hide it or you have to hide your internet history it's a bit the same but you would physically be hiding something i used to hide them in an air conditioning duct in my room which is fine unless you accumulate too many if you have a lot of magazines it's it's impractical you used to hide them in the uh in the kind of the back half of the bit that you could slide open for ventilation to outside of the bottom of your window did you not Correct. Correct. Solid hiding spot. It wasn't quite big enough. So I had to kind of fold them. So again, it's, it's not that hard to do it unless you accumulate a lot. So if he's, if what he's saying about Andrew is true, and if Andrew had any more than about 10 magazines, that starts to become, starts to become problematic. One other trick you could do mm. is put the, you could rip the cover off like a surfing magazine or something. Yeah. And put that on the outside It's a ballsy move. Cause if someone, someone's parents who like surfing happens to open it, expecting to see a picture of a fucking thruster, <laughs> bored that is 
out of the four of us, out of the four of us, and and I include almost every other person who's going to listen to this podcast in this comment. How many how many surfing enthusiast parents are there out there who might have picked it up and been like, "Do you wouldn't mind checking out a new leg rope? I'll just open this magazine and just." I should have done that. I I had stacks of guitar magazines. I should have done that. I didn't, but like I I had a hiding spot, and to this day, I'm still like fucking petrified that I didn't move them out. And like mum will come across them one day. Like I like I need to like when she goes on holidays, I need to sneak over there and break in so I can just clear the decks, make sure that any nineteen ninety two issue Playboy I don't know, Playboy magazines aren't there. It's I I, I'm picture, I'm, I don't know why I almost said Playboy. The pandemic is <laughs> really just I don't know. I don't know. you went I to say Playgirl between, and then stopped I, yourself. I was, I was caught between saying people or one of the other cheapo ones you get from the, the from the servo. Like I was, uh, home, I was home girls. <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave. Uh, now's a good time for me to Dorothy Dixie you uh, a question about your favourite ever headline from one of those cheap Australian semi stick mags. Oh, the girls from the TV show Charmed. They'll cast a spell on your knob. That was the, yeah. that was the headline. <laughs> <laughs> and they and they did. Yeah, no, they did. Someone has changed their screen name to Eat Shit Boots. I'm tipping that Sam. <laughs> nah. Nah. Nah, nah. It's not nah. me. Must be a bug. Not it's me. a security issue. Anyway, that's a, it's a great collection of questions, Nick. Many thank you for that. And then the letter sign off, all the best, Mr. Biceps. Well, yeah, wait, we thought you'd stop signing off as Mr. Biceps, but you, you haven't. So that's, that's thank you to Peter. Thank you to Nick, especially to Nick. That was Nick. an excellent, great excellent email. Excellent. Boy, oh boy, there's, there's so much from our friend Trent the Rat. Maybe we should save that. It's, it's a good one, but I think that first letter was so comprehensive that we, we maybe leave it at that and we, we visit, revisit the rat next time. But right. we haven't forgotten you and we will address all of your things. I reckon we should do a, uh, we, should, we, should, we should do a Kimmel, Matt Damon. We're just going to get to Trent and then run out of time every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> I'll give you just a little taste of what's, what, what to look forward to next week. It's like, you should have an entire episode dedicated to quote unquote, living with Sam, which I had the great pleasure of doing. Saw more dick and balls during that period than you would at a Norwegian day spa. So, and then you can imagine how the rest of it goes. So we'll, we'll get to that one later, Trent. Thank you for writing. We'll, we'll cover it. Uh, yeah. The dick and balls at the day spa is a thing. It's a place called the well, and it's, it's the nicest sort of, it's like a 10,000 square meter facility of, hot tubs, different types of saunas, because there's about five different types of saunas that I know of. There's probably more, but there's about five that I know of. And they're like really hot lap pools that are like 25 degrees instead of whatever the normal temperature is. And there's just like a, I can't believe I've never brought this up. It's a sort of a bathers optional setup. And so some people are, are, are modest to the point where like, I'm just going to wear my bathers all the time. And the other people are like, look, the deal is that it should be bathers optional in the sauna because for some reason it's, I can't remember the argument here. It's, it's actually more sanitary to not wear bathers. Once you start really sweating in a sauna, it's more sanitary to just be you and a towel and no bathers. So that's where this theory came from. So that's the accept. And also the saunas are kind of dimly lit. I know I'm, sound, I'm describing something. It sounds very seedy. It basically sounds like a sex club. It really it's does. Not. It's, it's a dilemma because it's clearly there's, there's awkwardness associated with every aspect of that. I mean, I don't mind. I'm not, I'm not full of body shame or other people's body shame, but it's still, it is unusual, but it's such a good facility that you want to go there anyway. But you, you, if you go, 
you got to deal with it. This men only, presumably. No, no, it's mixed. So you get so in a sauna me, you know, with you know, naked women. That's what I'm telling you. That's a shock. I'm shocked to hear that. It's a real thing. You get in a sauna Norway. and there's naked men and naked women in that sauna. It's a real thing. Is this, is this Norway specific or Scandinavia? I don't know. The only other saunas are the Finnish sauna. The Finns are the, the big sauna havers that they, they love it to the point where like your office would have a sauna in it. Like the Nokia global headquarters, which was an awesome like Bond villain-esque lair on a lake back when Nokia was the thing. That had saunas, like meeting rooms and stuff that were actual saunas because they just, they just Jesus. loved it. I say if Nicky's still listening now, he's probably jumping on the internet to see how quickly he can get a flight to Scandinavia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's open invitation to anyone who comes over. I will happily take any guest to that facility. The other thing that's cool though that they have now is floating saunas, like a little basically like a houseboat shrunk down to like, a, imagine our houseboats we used to go on if it was like an eighth of the size and it's just a all sauna, but at the top of it is a platform that you can dive off of into the Oslo Fjord. Pretty great. The floating yeah, sauna, you just cool. drive around, park it, sauna for a bit, jump in. It's good stuff. It's been a while since we talked. I've been slow on the edits. Apologies to Ranch and Boots for being slow on our episode. Although one, one positive byproduct of that and Ranch, I need your guidance on this. There were certain predictions about sport made, which have now the games have happened. And so one of yeah. us has been proven right and one of us hasn't. And which so game? I, could, I, I, could do the, I could do the gracious thing and just scrap it because I don't want to make Quite myself bad. look good for no. being right. Mm-mm. Or I could no keep way. it in. Keep it in. Okay. What did, what did you predict that was correct? The Clippers. That they were going to lose to Denver? Yep. Predicted it. On the pod. That doesn't. Right. Now I'm definitely keeping it in boots. If you don't believe me, I'm definitely keeping it in. <laughs> except, except the bad thing is, Dave, that when, when that episode finally comes out, that Clippers thing will be five days old news. We recorded that thing a week and a half ago. No, like, busy. This, it, this it's really hard. has been a slow edit. I'm, I'm busy being unemployed. It takes a lot of time to do that. It takes a lot of energy to do that. I've got stuff to do. Can't really explain what to do. Just, just, just stuff. No, I've been, I've been painting. That's one of the things I've been doing. Painting the house. I'd, I'd, I'd rather edit the podcast. Yes, so would I. Yeah. Have you done any home improvements, Ranch, on your place? Speaking of uh, painting, is that, is that a thing, or are you, you're not, not there? Not no. That type of guy? Look, we're at the um, our, the a. I'm not that type of guy. But our, our place is one where like the layout of it's just so dumb that. You know, it's it's just not worth us spending any money on the place because eventually it'll probably get knocked down, and that might be by us or it might be from other people. But it's not really worthwhile us doing much. If if anything, I've just become obsessed with trying to stop drafts coming into my house. Like we've we've got we get a lot of wind where we are, and it just comes straight inside. And I've just got I've got every fucking contraption known to man that can that can block a draft. So that's that's pretty much my thing. But no, I'm I'm not painting no house or restumping no no floorboards or nothing. That's not my jam. You know, uh, you know, Dave. Uh, me and Tim would have become involved in an arms race of uh, power tools. Really? Uh, and on the yeah, which uh, he's winning. Uh, it all started when I broke his shovel. I borrowed his shovel and then I snapped it in half because it was turns out it was a lady shovel, so um, I replaced <laughs> it. But then I found out that he had an angle grinder um, of sorts and uh, and a couple of other things. But then I think I topped all of it because I bought a chainsaw. Really. Oh. Yeah. What in God's name do you need that for? Oh, I don't need it. No. Um, no, no, we, we had a whole bunch of trees in the backyard and I actually started hand sawing them down. And I'm like, you know what? 
it's time to be a man. So I bought a chainsaw, but because I'm not really a man, I bought an electric chainsaw, which sort of like diminishes <laughs> it by like 80%. But still, you could kill a guy with it. Preaching to the choir, you know, electric everything around here. But is it, are you sure it's not for like a Chevy Chase style Christmas vacation saw the banister off the staircase because everything's terrible at Christmas time situation? Oh, look, honestly, I'm pretty intimidated by it. And I'm pretty careful with it, but um, it's pretty good when you've been trying to handsaw down trees. Um, having your own chainsaw is pretty good. There was a moment where I was uh, occasionally the chain will come off a chainsaw. I don't know if you know about that, but um, and then I put the chain back on, having unplugged it clearly, and I'm trying to cut the tree. And I'm like, it's working, but the tree's just not cutting. It's like suddenly the chain's not sharp. And then I realized I put it on back to front. So it's cutting with the reverse side. <laughs> so yeah, need, needless to say, rudimentary skills at this point. But I still feel pretty good about just being the sort of guy who has a chainsaw in my house. You know? Congratulations. It's just got to keep it away from the boy. Keep it away from the boys, I guess, is, is the main no, they're thing. they're fine. Gotta... Look, as long as you show them how to use it, it's fine. They're six now. Teach them to juggle it. And just by the way, back on topic. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of this, but when Ranch talked about having to go back into Desley's place and retrieve some some old playboys or possibly playgirls, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was like Tom Cruise Mission Impossible style. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense that that's that's how you do it, but that's what I. Even thought. though I've got a key to the house, no, nope, no, nope, I'm taking, I'm, I'm coming all in through black the roof. outfit, takes the skylight <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I've got I've, I've got Ving Rhames in a in a bloody van out the front talking to me on a laptop, sweating. Doesn't he catch a droplet of his own sweat? He catches his own sweat so it doesn't touch the hydrophobic flooring or something. It seems yeah, yeah. It seems hydrophobic. Boots, have you guys have you guys leaned into any? You were doing something out the back of your place, weren't you? Um, deck work. Yeah, a little bit of deck work. We're renovating our kitchen down in, at Rye, and yeah, so. We're getting our beach house. Uh, we're getting a new kitchen and a wall knocked out at our beach house. Nice, and it's just a, it's just a full pay dudes to do that because that's the smart thing to do. Situation. Correct. Well, and also it's more than five kilometers away from my house, so you know I can't go because I live in a fucking police state. Yeah, of course. Well, it is the right thing to do. Like a uh, low level stuff, I think it, it makes sense to potentially do it yourself, and there's a certain level of fulfillment that comes from doing a small job and actually not fucking it up, but. Yeah, biting off more than you can chew is, is a bad idea. I fucked up our deck completely and now I'm just not sure what to do with it. Like it, it was a big job and basically what happens here is the snow, it's, it, it's this weird thing I never realized happened, but when you have snow sitting on top of everything for several months, the, one of the things it does, it sort of extracts all of the oils and all of the moisture out of everything and it just turns into like parched, desiccated dust almost. So if you've got a deck, like a treated pine deck, it, it's sort of worn out within a couple of years from having snow sit on. So you got to re-oil it, which is a shit fucking job at the best of times. But I'm like, nah, I got this. And people take their decks really seriously here and, and the sort of presentation level. And so the, the stakes, you know, quite high. So first of all, I had to get some, I had to get all the shit off it. Turns out that stuff is just acid. I don't have gloves on. It is. So after half an oh. hour, after half an hour, I'm like, something's wrong with my hand. And I look down, it's just like, nine different holes in my skin with blood starting to come out of them because the ah. acid the acid's been Ugh. getting to me what were you touching it you've got a broom type thing you got a, uh, you got i had an applicator and i had an applicator and it sort of broke and beginning and and the the, the the nozzle thing started to leak onto my <laughs> hand right but i didn't realize how acidic it really was and so i just burnt a hole through my own fucking hand which is not a good start then i start to oil it up and i basically <laughs> I thought I got the stuff that was clear 
and I started to put it on. I'm like, oh shit, that's that's a bit dark. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I'll just keep going because it's like when you paint and, and the paint starts a little darker and it dries differently. I kind of thought of that theorem, right? It's going to dry a bit clearer and it just doesn't dry clear. It just, it's just horrendously uneven and orange. So basically I went from having a deck that's a normal treated pine deck to having one that looks like it's been dunked in a vat of tandoori chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. It's, it looks like it's been painted with tandoori chicken. That's what it looks like, <laughs> like unevenly. You need to borrow Tim Wood's belt sander. I don't want to be doing the the belt sanding. I don't, but I should have paid someone else to do it. It was, it was a mistake. It was a communication error. My Norwegian sort of failed me. I asked the guy for something and he basically gave me the wrong thing and I didn't pick it up in what he said to me that it was the wrong thing. So, you know, it's just a set multiple levels of shame stacked on top of other levels of shame. Dave question. What's Norwegian Bunnings called? Oh, there's a couple. It's one called Yarnia, one called Muxbull. One called Bill Tamer. Bill Tamer is probably my favourite. It's funny because those words aren't familiar to me. Does every word sound like you say it with a mouthful of marbles or something? That's Danish. I actually feel sorry for Chris Day's brother. You just said the word for salmon, Sam, by mistake, just so you know. <laughs> I feel sorry for Chris Day's brother, who, as we know, moved to Denmark. Not, not, not because he's living in Denmark, because it's a great place, and Copenhagen's a really, really good city. But the language is is legitimately shit. Like Danes are really good at English because they have to be because there's 50 different dialects and they don't understand each other. And they have to be like, yeah, yeah, should we just speak English? Because that's what they have to do when they're talking <laughs> to each other. And uh, people here, they just like Danish is not a language; it's a throat condition. <laughs> they're uh, yeah, they're they're pretty harsh on each other. But they all think that people here suck as well for different reasons. So you know, it's 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 a it's a lovable. Uh, you know, relationship, I guess. It's banter that I can't really get into because I'm not, not one of them. I mean, what do we start with? Do we go with, do we go with lockdown? Is it, is it, is there anything we can get from talking about that or should we just accept that it's terrible and not talk about it? It's pretty boring. I reckon like nothing much has really changed. I don't think in the last few weeks, it kind of feels like there might be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel perhaps, but it's going to be slow going. So why don't we talk about one of the net effects of it being the second ever AFL grand final to not be played at the Melbourne cricket ground scheduled to be played as a night game at the, uh, the, the Gabba uh, break, breaking with trend. Why don't we hear from, uh, from Sam instead of boots first uh, and get his perspective before we get the camp, the two cents from the, we need a segment name for camp sports segments, by the way, we'll get to that. But Sam, what do you reckon about it first? What, what about camp calls? Camp calls, camp takes hot pockets with the camp, hot camps. Yeah, yeah. Take Town with Paul Kirk. I don't know. I, um, <laughs> get, the, get those bleeps ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my, uh, I've been a, a, a Knights Grand Final booster forever. I, I have 0% doubt in my mind that a Knights Grand Final would just be a better way to do the Grand Final. And the only way, the only reason to have not already done that is tradition. The entertainment would be better. The day would be a bigger build-up better audience, better everything really. So, and ratings are only a piece of it. I just think it'd be a better day, be better socially. It'd be better in every way, really. So I've been hot on that for a long time. So I think moving it to the Gab was the right call. If you can't have it at the MCG, a half full MCG or obviously an empty MCG would be even worse. Even a half full one would be shit. And I'm glad they've made it pretty late rather than a, I really, the sort of 
really mid to late afternoon ones, I kind of just think sort of end up halfway and suck. So I'm pretty excited about it. I think it'll be, I think it'll be great. I'd rather it was at the MCG, but I think it'll be great overall. And I, I hope that it's as good as I think it's going to be. And it puts paid the, we've got to leave it during the day forever thing, which I don't buy. And um, at some point soon, we have a night grand final, the MCG as well. That's my, that's my take. That's uh, Hot Pockets with Sam. See, it's got to be a different segment. This is, It's hard coming up with segment names. So, yeah, so I've got to work on a name. Yep. Yeah, and do that for next week. Boots, what are, what are the considerations with the different venue, different time slot, bubble, et cetera, et cetera? Well, first, first thing, so there were, there, during the war, the, the grand final wasn't at the MCG because all the US troops were camping on the ground in the... Uh, in the MCG, so they actually played it. At hey, the Boots, South. tell me about the 2020 Grand Final. Well, let me tell you about the war. It all started back in 90. It all started with Kaiser Wilhelm. I held off on correcting Dave originally. I, I actually agree with Samuel in that I think a, a night Grand Final, at least as an experiment, will, will, is, the, is the right way to go to... A generate the excitement during the day with the, the longer build up, and B as a as a as a television spectacle. The uh, I was actually more interested, probably in the in the situation that led to it going to Queensland and not to South Australia or, or Western Australia than I am in the fact you know that it, that it was going to be out of Victoria. I think by the time we got to July, we were all pretty convinced that it wasn't going to be played at the uh, played at the MCG, and I was. I was glad to see that they put it in in Queensland, and not just for the fact that that's you know probably the the more developing market that could do with the boost of having the grand final playing there. I think just the way that the various state governments have handled uh, have handled things. Queensland's got some of its problems with its border closures, but it's not not to the same extent that uh, that Western Australia and to an extent South Australia have turned their back on uh, on the rest of it, of everybody else. Yeah, there's been dicks during the pandemic. So, I mean, Western Australia, the Western Australian Premier is just a cock knock and, <laughs> and has behaved that way during the entire, uh, the entire process. He's basically suggesting that, that returning international travellers should go to Rottnest Island, which is effectively a, a refugee facility, which is you know, pretty, pretty much close to a, a, a version of One Nation actually in control of a, uh, of a state parliament. The um, th- thing I'd say, and, and you know, it, it, it might be heavily influenced by the fact that they've, you know, had less interruption by way of being in, in South Australia a lot, but they, they, they seem like the most consistent team, like they've been far less up and down. You know, you could say that, that Brisbane's also had the same luxury of staying in Brisbane basically the whole time. They've, they've still been a little bit up and down this year, whereas Port, I just feel like they're pretty even all, all across the ground. I feel like they've been consistent all year. Um, and and to, to that point, I'm I'm just I'm looking forward to the finals because there's there's some really interesting stories there. I think like Port would be exciting to see them win. I think Hink- Hinkley's really good and they've got some good players. I'd freaking love for Brisbane to win. Um, you know, Saints might be a little bit far back now, but you know, like that that'd be a good story. Uh, I think they'll probably make it. I think they're in eighth now, and I think if they if they win, they 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 will stay in. Um, but just you know, frankly, anyone anyone except West Coast, and I'm I'm pretty happy. I think. Yeah, I really after having a, a a tough footy season for everyone, and then tough if you're a Bombers supporter as well. Um, leave it there. Um, I really hope <laughs> the finals are good, and I'd really like to see a I'd really like to see a, 
a really good grand final. Like it, if it could be Brisbane, Collingwood or at the Gabba night game, it'd just be, it'd be a great way to wrap a fucking shit year. You know, it really would. A, ma- a massive element of how much I enjoy this final series will be if Brisbane is in the grand final or not. You know, like Brisbane playing in the grand final at the Gabba, given what, yeah, what Queensland's done. Was- and, and the fact that they were, they were, you know, bottom like two years ago or something crazy, like, you know, them making it against anyone, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pumped. And they're an exciting team. They don't stick mm. numbers behind the ball all the time and all that. Now, it doesn't mean they're shooting yeah. the lights at every game either, but broadly, they're an offensive team and they're great to watch. They've got good a lot on, of small good forwards. And doing good. Hey, can I, ask a, can I ask a non-offensive question about lockdown? I'm, I'm trying to find areas that are, that are not too touchy. Who, who are you jealous of? Which person? Is there a person, so obviously probably someone outside of Melbourne, that you look at what they're doing right now and that's the thing that, you most wish you were doing? Is there a person that you're you, most jealous of? You go into those saunas by the sound of it from based on heat. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been in a while. I don't even know if it's open actually. Why social not? distancing. Uh, social distancing, yeah, okay. you have to sit a metre apart. Okay. Have you have you got oh. have you got someone like on your social media feeds that you look at and you're like fucking hell? Mate, Dave, every person in Australia is living seventy five to eighty percent of a normal freaking life. Right, so like, yeah, not that I spend any time looking at social media, but Jane does, and it'll be like, blah blah blahs at touch football, blah blah blahs at the office, blah blah blahs at a football game. They're at a restaurant. They're doing this. They're doing that. Like, it's a distant memory. My cousin's in Brisbane. Their kids have been back at school for three months. He's been back in the office for three or four months. Like, Jesus Victoria Christ. is like an island. Like, it is fucked in the head. It is incredible <laughs> how fucked we are. Like it's not there's not mince words. It's it's lunacy. We, we look like dickheads. What about <laughs> regional Victoria? Is it is it everything or is it just Melbourne? Regional Victoria they've just wound back a bit like yesterday actually, but it's it's been it's been them as well. I'm not sure if they're ever as strict as us. I'm not sure. No, that they never went to stage four, they're in stage three, which meant you still that, that they had a period where the only you still the only purpose for leaving your house was the four reasons, but you could still go more than five kilometres from your house and things of that nature, which you can't in Melbourne, which is like is is terrible. I'm not sure there's anyone I'm that jealous of that I can kind of think of. To be honest, you know, sorry, that's really boring. <laughs> I can't. I can't think of anyone. Like it's no a, one can go. Boots, boots, a here's, a, here's a question though, Boots. Are you <laughs> envious of the people in America right now who are watching sport, or would you just rather rather not be there, given how it is in America? Well, none of them are actually there watching the sport. Oh, that's They're true. So yeah, that's true. I've got just a good a seat as everyone else does. This was kind of like like the, the 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 thinking behind my answer. Like in in Australia, no like no one's going to the movies. Like no one's going to the footy. Like very few people are, are are doing are doing things like like they kind of were before in the US. That I mean, Jesus, like the whole place is just a petri dish for COVID. Like you know, like no one's no one's doing anything fun. Like you know, I'm not seeing anyone you know, running around doing all these fun stuff that I wish I was doing. So yeah, like it's yeah, I'm, I'm I gave you a shit I mean, answer. What 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 I've found is now that they've had to cram all the sports together. It's actually you know with the with the basketball on. If I gave a rat's ass about the AFL finals, the um, the basketball, the NFL, and the AFL at the same time would literally be a a, a, a dream. Except for the fact that by cramming them all together, you make it more difficult for me to watch them when I you know, have a child. I should nominally be looking after. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, there's 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 so much stuff that I would be watching on TV right now. No, not seeing any of it. Not seeing. Boots, any of it. Um... 
Boots, given given the scant regard that all of the NFL uh, owners have for the players living or dying, if if someone on the 49ers, the, the running back or whatever, suddenly tests for COVID and he's been on top of and all around whoever they played three days prior and all his teammates, what, I know that they talked about kind of having a fairly unemotional, what's the word, uh, sort of system where they just sub that guy out and bring in some more sort of cannon fodder. But how, how are they going to manage that scenario if that arises? Look, that, look that's, that's the problem they're, they're worried about. At the moment, they actually, knock on wood, they're having a pretty good luck at the moment with the players. I've had four, four positive tests in the first two weeks. And this is obviously when you've got including the practice squad, sort of 75 players plus all the support staff and the others. The, the, the idea being that, you know, if, if someone tests positive, they have to immediately go on the reserve list. When Dave eventually gets the other pot out, you'll hear that I've gone through kind of some of the, uh, some of the things that they have in, have in place for uh, keeping a quarterback separate from the rest of the team so that if, they, if, if COVID goes through the quarterback room, there'll actually be someone who can still um, play that, that relatively pivotal position. And they've inc- increased the practice squads to 16 players and, again, are isolating some of those players in particular positions so that if they were to have a run, um, they, they would be able to, to sub them in. But, Sam, on the quarterback thing, they've got, they've got like a designated survivor-style quarterback guy who's like in a glass cage somewhere in a bunker <laughs> and they can get him out. Hey, Ranch, on that... Uh, again, massive thank you for the uh, Cobra Kai tip. But the the kid in that, oh. Johnny, what's his name? Son, who was in Designated Survivor, he's threatening to ruin it for me. Oh, I really? don't like the kid. Oh, the, the kid he's training. He's got that Edward Furlong vibe. Oh, yes. He's bad. He's very bad at acting. He's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. He was terrible in Designated Survivor, which was a terrible show full stop. Designated Survivor, I want to go on record as saying Designated Survivor was horrendously bad. It was like Homeland For a horrendously for bad show, you talk about it a lot, Dave. <laughs> because I can't understand why people well, would like it. A lot. It was like Homeland for idiots. I don't understand why anyone would have watched it for more than 10 minutes. But that kid is the kid in Cobra Kai and he sucks. So if season two revolves around him, I'm going to, I can't, I don't know if I can get there. I wanted Miguel oh, to be the guy. Oh, come on, man. Like, like he, he, he's, he, he's, he, he's hardly a central he character. Like yeah, he's he's not he's not great, but like he's he's as important as as any of you know like the other kind of you know C list character C list characters on there. It's all about it's all about Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, like, and he's, he's uh, great. Ranch, I, I um, Ranch, I did I should have brought this up in the production meeting, but Designated Survivor have actually come on board as a sponsor, and oh, so that's why Dave right. keeps mentioning it. Right, so okay. just you should check it out. It's on Wednesdays, uh, whatever AEST means that they say in America, East Coast time, whatever it is, seven p.m. Check it out. Um, yeah, so. on, on on Netflix. I guess I miss. Yeah, I guess uh, I misread right. the thing, and I was supposed to say good things about them. So I don't know if they're going to keep sponsoring. Read us. your emails, guys. Ah, uh, shit! I thought it was that I was supposed to say bad things about them. All right, well, ignore everything I just said about that. Yeah, but that kid shit. I, I, I watched the first episode that he's kind of a somewhat important figure in, and he's just just clearly got the role because he's got a pretty face, and he's just not good at acting. No, he he's is not. And they're, they're hoping he's going to get good at it as they go. Which, yeah, uh, but, maybe. But it's hard to... Isn't it funny, though, again, with Game of Thrones, how well they... Or even with Harry Potter, how well some people can manage the... That kid is eight, but they're definitely going to be a really great actor, like, in a month from now, 
but also in five years from now, and they're going to, their look is going to be the exact look we need for this person in five years. Yeah. Like if you look at how young those kids were in the game of Thrones pile or the auditions, yeah. And then, and then they all worked out to be exactly the way they kind of quote unquote should have been. Mm. It's not just because we got used to seeing them. They all turned out to be really fucking perfect. Yeah. You know, you know the one exception to that, the one exception to that, that was the kid who, who ended up the cripple. I oh, thought Bran. he ended up weird. Yeah. He was, he was interesting. And then as soon as it became like, he sort of transitioned in one season from being a kid to like, a, like an older teenager. We turned into George Harrison. Yes. As soon as he was, um, my sweet Lord era, George Harrison. He started to look weird. Yeah. He just seemed, he started to get boring and, and, uh, and I don't know, I didn't give a shit basically. Well, they, they actually had to, uh, had to deal with him getting incredibly tall. He grew six inches in, um, in one off season basically. And so they had to, had to deal with that now because he's a cripple. That was a bit easier, but things like, like Anthony Davis. Carrying, yeah. Similar. Um, but like Hodor carrying him and other things kind of, they had to shoot around that to make it look like he wasn't just carrying someone who's a, you know, six foot four, a six foot six guy carrying a six foot four guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, spoiler alert, we know what happened to him in the end of all the characters you could choose to invest in. And maybe half of it, you're not choosing because you're following George R. R. Martin's work. Right. But he's the shittiest character. He's the absolute <laughs> shittiest character. And like, if it were me running that show, but let's just play that down. Cause the whole three eyed Raven thing is it's okay, but it's, it's not that fucking good. It. And then the end bit is like, come on. No. And then I love how they, they tried to wrap it up. And Tyrion's like, I mean, who out there has a better story than Bran? And of course, instantly on Twitter, people are listing like 50 characters have a better yeah. story. Than Bran. Yeah, yeah. Every person, including you. I wanted hot pie. Yeah. Look, without being, Without being that guy, this, the, 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 the character works a lot better, certainly in the books. And I think Boats would be with me on this. Like, it just, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's an incredibly difficult character to bring to life on the screen. But, you know, like, the, like the, there's no doubt that everything you've said, Sam, is true. Like, you know, he, like the, when, when he disappeared for that season, Bran, and then he came back, like, it was just, it was fucking boring as batshit. They couldn't do anything with him very well. And so then that, like, all of that, like, two or three seasons worth of just nothing happening with this character that just everything grows to a halt when he's on screen then to kind of have what happened at the end of that show like just oh my god what a fucking what a dumpster fire that turned out to be my god terrible mm-hmm. if, if 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 george martin ever finishes the books like we'll see like maybe maybe the ending of of, of the books will, like will just won't work either but um i don't know I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna presume that it'll actually work maybe uh it. maybe if he makes his final book uh, eric clapton will run off with brand's wife george harrison still <laughs> That's a Beatles joke. Yeah, maybe. Well, two things. Firstly, did you Do- see Google the, that, please? The callback joke to a previous episode about planning permits being cancelled because Cammy Forbes' uncle got the Ghostbusters facility shut down or something similar. The, do you see George R.R. Oh. Martin tried to build a library that was the size and shape of an actual castle just in the middle of, like, Ohio? And it, was the, it was one of the first times we're like, a unanimous resident vote. Every single resident complained and he couldn't get it done. Wanted to build a castle for his books and they, his neighbours just said, you know what, mate? We've just got like two level sort of McMansion style houses. We just can't have a fucking castle there. And so he didn't get his castle. But secondary point, Sam, about Eric Clapton. So there was a really interesting piece <laughs> this week about uh, the, 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 the second half of Layla, the really cool breakdown bit that's used in... Uh, using Goodfellas 
used used brilliantly in the chicken fingers episode of a community, which is obviously a complete 100% homage to a good fellas. So you look that song up. Firstly, it's weird if you've only really heard the first version of Layla or the unplugged version of Layla to realize that that is the same song. And so yeah, you look it, it up and it's not by Eric Clapton. It's by Derek and the Dominoes. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Who's Derek and the Dominoes? Like, oh, okay. It, it was De- Eric Clapton's band. And then they were, so I'm like, I wonder what happened to the, re- I wonder what happened to Derek. I wonder what happened to the rest of the Dominoes. Kind of regretting looking it up. Oh, so no. much shit stuff. <laughs> The, the guy, the guy who wrote that piece, that that awesome sort of piano chords, you know, sort of melancholy breakdown bit. It turns out he was a schizophrenic who should have been diagnosed but wasn't, and all those drugs they were doing really didn't help stuff. Been in a yeah. mental facility since '83 because he killed his mother. Ah, uh, Jesus. Jesus Christ! We're in lockdown, Dave. Don't fucking depress us with this shit. Uh, sorry, well, that's man. what happened. You're there with your naked saunas and you're outside. Jesus. Eric Clapton uh, has, had, has had a fair bit of intense tragedy um, located in and around him, actually. Didn't his son fall out a window and die? That's what that song from that um, Unplugged album is like. I don't know how old, but very small kid managed to climb out of his apartment window and fall to his death, which is oh just like God. horrendous. So, yeah. But yeah, he famously he famously shot through with um his best friend George Harrison's either girlfriend or I think actually wife. Um, but uh, you know it was the seventies or eighties, it was a crazy time. I wonder if yeah. he asked for permission, whether there was a protocol or anything that he followed. Yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting question for Peter. We could we'll, we'll send him an email back. Yeah, we should. And there's a bunch of bands that have bad endings like that. The Lynyrd Skynyrd, I think, had a bunch of bad things happen to it. Um, Sam, I know you love reaction videos. The reaction videos to people listening to Free Bird by Leonard Skinner is there's a couple of good ones. There's a couple <laughs> okay, of really good that. ones because that song has that that bit where it really kind of turns turns. Yeah, yeah, okay. And if you've Hopefully. never heard that, uh, it's like you know, like your teenage black kids listening to it, and like people who, yeah, who, who yes. clearly have never ever ever heard it before. Uh, it's it's worth worth finding a couple of those. It's I've been watching a. a uh, I've been yeah, watching amazing. a salty, a salty old marine react to SAS training videos in the last week. That's been my current thing. It's true. That's that's been my thing. That's my that's my that's my jive. Uh, what, does he, what does he make of them? Good. What does he think? Yeah, does he like them or not? He'll pause and he'll be like, "So what they're doing here, isn't it?" And yeah, no, he doesn't mind them. And then he'll be like, "It'll be like marine reacts to the new, you know, machine gun that the seals are going to start using." I'm like, probably watch that too. It's good. Yeah. I like a reaction video. Makes no sense. I can't defend it. It's indefensible. It's your niche, Sam. You should have your own reactions to to like people getting hit in the nuts videos as the connoisseur and the, <laughs> just the, be laughing. The the, the yeah. Beethoven of nut hit videos. I, I could pause it and do analysis. I could be like, see what's happening here. Is the surprise second act is what brings the lols. You know what I mean? Because you think that it's funny he gets hit in the nuts, but actually it's when he gets hit by the tractor that is the funny <laughs> bit. You know? It'd be a very strange, very strange channel because it'd just be you making that that high pitched kind of whimpering laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very yeah. good impression. Uh, very, true. very good. But you know, it's it's a unifying force. Everyone loves a video of someone falling off and or making a dick of themselves. You know, it's it, it crosses generations. So yeah, we're, new, we're new ahead of our time. 
subgenre is guys jumping off bridges or cliffs and then after they've left terra firma a boat coming into view and them landing on or in front of the boat although i'm often a bit mm, like i reckon yeah. that guy might be dead yeah you that's know? that's yeah, snuff yeah. that's snuff porn you're getting you're getting too yeah. close to snuff movies yeah there. and 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 look, I, so I think hot. i think i think the three of us all kind of draw the line with people getting seriously hurt but that is a subgenre that is still funny and, and it's because <laughs> of the second act factor that's it's that's what true. it is you're like okay here's true. a guy what 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 is he gonna slip is he gonna slip and kind of stumble down there Belly oh whacker. no no yep. there's a fucking yep yep there's a bloody steamboat coming coming towards him <laughs> speaking of people who are really nice and you know you mentioned to, to people there a couple of weeks ago you mentioned um a celebrity dave who was super not nice and that was madonna when she came when she rolled through town you were setting yeah. up her fucking pa for her or something I heard today, and I've got nothing else on this. I just want to hear you guys react. There's a biopic being being made about her right now, a movie. Guess who's directing it? Guy Ritchie. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. No. Boots, want to have a guess? Uh, it's Madonna. She is directing oh, her I actually, biopic. I actually knew that. I did, I did know that. Can you uh, fucking believe that? that? Uh, circle jerk, literally. Uh, Can you fucking believe that? Like... Like, I, I have no interest in watching this movie. And even if bloody Steven Spielberg or Scorsese made it, I probably still wouldn't be interested. I am desperate to watch this now. I can't wait it's, to see what she's got to I, do so, with her. But it won't life. be that bad. It'll just be half bad. You know, it, it won't boring, be laughably yeah. bad. It'll just be boring, self-indulgent crap. And look, but I every, respect... Every, you go ahead, Everyone knows. Everyone knows she's a massive bitch. Like, it's got to make her look like someone who's pretty much awesome but you know occasionally had to be a bitch like that's that's what it's going to be but can, can, can you imagine how daunting the task is going to be the actress who has to play her directed by her oh my god well the the, the feeling is that they might that it might be her with the anti-aging technology from the Irish. oh that What's would be point? incredible <laughs> that would i hope they do that it could be the new cats why don't you just use um, actual footage and just narrate it and saying, here's what I was thinking at that point in time. Wouldn't that just, be just better? To, just, just, for, just to Sam's point, has anyone hate watched Cats yet? Nah. No. no got to. Andrew, got to did. Do it. Andrew did. Andrew did. Oh, did he? Uh, we need a full yeah. review. Maybe we can wait and have him do a full review. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, Madonna, I had a lot of respect for Madonna, uh, whether you're into her or not, up until around like when she brought out Ray of Light, which was a real like, I'm getting older now, but I can still put out some good tracks and it's kind of an interesting album. Mm. And mm. then she was just like, you know, my, my MO now is going to be, I'm going to try and be like Britney Spears, even though at this point I'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. 46 and now I'm like 66, right? I follow her on Instagram and every photo is just like, the only word I can describe to you, to, to you is, is just lame. I'm like, you're not Lady Gaga. It's not your fault, but you are too old now. And you just like sort of hanging with all these other like really young people dressed really revealingly it's just kind of shit i don't know how to describe it she looks like your mum you know what I mean? it's tragic it's it's lame it's not cool it's just lame no, you're accurate, trying to be something you are not yeah. accurate take and look I, I agree with you that the, the sort of the comeback was very cool and it shouldn't really all be about age even though she's in a genre where age matters like you know you have a use by date as a pop star that's just how it is but so i totally respect her right to just keep performing until she drops dead which is i guess is what she's going to do but you know thankfully we also have the right to just stop consuming it because she sucks the eye patch oh, i didn't know she had yeah. an eye patch. oh no they google it 
on her last her last album when she came out, her theme, you know how Lady Gaga will be like in this album, I'm gonna be like, I'm a space alien for this tour. And every all the press she does, she's got like pink fucking hair or something. Like Madonna had like to the point where when she's on like the view or something in America or on Oprah, she's wearing a fucking eye patch. <laughs> like a pirate. For some reason that just reminds no, like me of Google it right now. It's terrible. Why would you do that? It has an X on it. Yeah, no, Sam, you couldn't, you couldn't be more accurate about any of that. And she obviously is just sort of looking at, at Lady Gaga. I want to go on the record and say, I love Lady Gaga. I just think she's cool. Everybody she does. just is. Everybody like, does. Oh, me too. So you? cool. She's amazing. She, she's, she, she's brilliant. Hey, yeah. bit of trivia. She was in an episode of The Sopranos as a 15-year-old. You know, the episode, know the episode oh, of Sopranos where Tony's kid, uh, whose name I can't believe I've forgotten his name, Tony Jr., TJ. Tony Jun- Anthony Jr. Anthony Jr. Remember when he and his friends trash the swimming pool and throw all the trophies yes. in? She's yes. one of the kids. A 15-year-old Lady Gaga, who at that point was just Ste- Stephanie Geramorta, was one of those kids. And um, there you go. She was in. And that dude has never acted again, by the way, Tony Jr. He acted I'm once in something to avoid jury duty. <laughs> he's, he's still getting those fat resit checks. That's why. Okay. Is he though? You got to have the points. Maybe he did have points in that. I don't know. Boots probably knows. Boots, you know these things. Did, did Anthony Junior, the actor played Anthony Junior, would he likely have had any points no, it, of it ownership? Have had points, but he'd still, he'd no, still get residuals. It, it would only just be it, maybe towards the back end after because he, he would they would have all been signed up to contracts for the first three seasons, and then it's after that. And but I don't know the particulars of the Sopranos arrangements. Well, the two people who did the best deals with points, as far as I know, are A, the guy who made The Hangover, who, who took a very, very, very small fee in exchange for a large chunk of ownership of the property and all of the distribution yeah. of it. And secondly, George Lucas, who, who took 100% George ownership Lucas. of the merchandise. Merch. Yeah. And that was a really, really good deal. Um, Boots, what, what, what do you regard as the best deal someone cut for themselves as part of a creative project in terms of, of owning part of it? Seinfeld. What does he own? He he owns forty eight percent or something of the residuals on Seinfeld and owns and was able to sell it all into syndication. Um, wow! So he got that. So he just never needed to do anything again. And you see, people regard Seinfeld as basically the guy who made the most out of those nineties TV explosions when you could still do those contracts. Um, so particularly given the first season wasn't that slam dunk. So you kind of got through that first season. You're obviously on the books for three and then got to renegotiate after the second, uh, after the third season, he already had uh, producing producer credits and some interest in the back end at that point. Um, But then the, um, yeah, I mean, he, he just made and continues to make um, so much money out of Seinfeld. I mean, the, the, the sale, the original sale to Netflix was just incredible. I would love to know, like, I know it's, I know they're all wealthy, but like the chick from like those last network shows that are still going like Grey's Anatomy or um, NCIS, um, like Mark Harmon, those sorts of guys, like who have done like 10, 12, 18 seasons kind of thing. I would love to know the kind of check that they pick up every month or every quarter or whatever the hell that the rise for these shows that just get played like literally on a loop or the guys from like, um, Simpsons voices. yeah, or, or those the nerd guys here in that show that they made a million episodes of. Like, oh yeah, the, the the Big Bang Theory. I mean, they were they were making a million an episode. Yeah, 
But that's why that's why they're work that's why they're working. I'm talking about just ongoing, like indefinitely, you know, like Yeah, but but that but that's the problem, right? Is people wised up to to the value of that and you had to really have a strong negotiating position to actually get, to get any it. rights on the syndication or anything once because friend, friends and Seinfeld killed it for everyone. Because yeah. <laughs> the, they... the the act, the actors there played such hardball um that the it just kind of became Problematic. I heard that. Um, I heard that the prison warden from um, Stingers, Shawshank Redemption, yeah, Shawshank. that I played in Stingers. Um, no, um, the the prison warden in um, in Shawshank Redemption. You know the evil guy. Mm. He he as recently. I heard this on a rewatchable. So, but he he had said that until a few years ago, he was still picking up six figures a year in residuals from that role in that movie. Wow, Shawshank. Yes, because it was getting again, and we don't always get how things work on American. You know how I don't even really get how cable works over there. But it apparently was one of those shows that just like is on sort of semi constant, and so it shows you just the amount of money sloshing around in those sort of areas on those channels. Like it's incredible. As has been said before, I love the business of television. True, Andrew picked that up. He's like, Boots, you love the business television. But you, you call this bluff, which was, uh, that's the way to deal with Andrew. You've got to call his bluff sometimes. But uh, just, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting that kind of that period, both in TV and movies in the 90s, you've seen a real sort of significant writing of the, the ship on the economics. Mm, which I guess makes sense. At some point, people who know the numbers start to look at it and understand that it should be done maybe differently. Hey, Sam, I've got something on the iPad. You want to hear it? Go. Madonna, she released it. She sort of did it for the first time on the Today Show, which that in itself is pretty fucking lame. Anyway, See? the host is like, hey, you've got an eye patch on. She's like, yes, I do. There's an X on it. Yes, that's correct. With playful banner out of the way, she went on to explain uh, the eye patch is part of the Madam X persona she created for her album. She's a spy. She's a secret agent. She travels the world. She changes her identity. Sounds like fucking Carmen San Diego. Not someone I'd want to buy a fucking- record from. It's really shit. It's uh, so late. It gets worse. She sleeps with one eye open and she travels through the day with one eye shut. She's <laughs> actually been wounded, so she's covering up one of her eyes. It's very scripted. It's not uh, selling records. Just, yeah, it's just... Also... Stop. Just, just we'll, stop. We'll put, uh, we'll put this photo up on the uh, Dick and Ham website, dickandham.com.au. Uh, but um, but there's a photo of her that I just um, that I just shared with the group where she's also dressed like a sort of a a sort of a slutty eighteen year old, but she's got to be like mid sixties. It's just it's just not happening. It's not good. I'm on a work laptop. I'm not sure I want to download that. It's it, it's just a JPEG of her walking along. It's just but it's just not good. What we really need is is someone like a master level troll to somehow be in her entourage and just give her dumb ideas and for her to go through it. It's like you know what your next character should be like a like a naughty sailor. Yeah, with, or a, with, with a pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a or or a turtle that that, that had some radioactive ooze near it and somehow gets trained up by 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 a rat in the sewers to be a ninja. How about that? So, yeah, Ted Lasso TV. Any other TV? Sam, we haven't talked to you in a while about TV. You got anything that you're watching that's worth recommending? Watching a bit of a yeah, bit of Karate Kid, watching a bit of Homecoming, which I'm not sure if I like yet, which has got Julia Roberts in it. One thing that started off slow, but I've got to say is 
getting really good as of about season four is Shit's Creek. It's an easy watch. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard it's really good and I started watching it. And the first few episodes, I'm like, this is the worst thing I've watched in years. Like it's it's unbelievably bad. But like like even like in the age today, there's an article about like how amazing it is. It's up to like 15 Emmys. Premise is literally like rich people end up losing their empire. And for some reason, and I didn't even catch why, doesn't matter. It had to move to like some some little town, which is the equivalent of like yeah, Dubbo, but it's called Shits Creek. And um, that's all you really need to know. You could probably skip to season four. It wouldn't matter, honestly. And that, that's what I do. So I'm just, we've been watching it because, frankly, there's almost no t- new 2V out because there's bloody virus um, and just half watching it. And I've just noticed it's getting very good now. It's like they've just sort of, you know, actors and sometimes it's the writers hit their stride on a show. It's normally sooner than this, but certainly I'm in four now. And I think there's heaps of seasons after this. Yeah, and it's 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 Eugene Levy and um, is it Catherine O'Hara, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, who are amazing. Like they're they're, they're so good. You know, best in show, um, Mighty Wind, all those things. Like you know, absolutely sensational. But wow, that for like, like the the episodes I saw in that first season are just like literally unwatchably yeah, bad. Yeah, so Susanna and I tried to watch it and had exactly the same experience for Ranch. Had people telling us it was good. I was having you know reviewers I trust saying yeah it hits its stride but it was so unwatchable in those first few episodes do yourself a favor and watch one of the SpaceX launches they have they they make it like a live broadcast and there's a guy commentating it and there's all the kind of the checkpoints and the countdowns and all the shit that's going to happen and they produce it really nicely Mm -hmm. like they cut to what's happening there they have onboard cameras have you have you watched any of those boots have you ever seen any of that stuff like do, do they do they have the Tesla stock ticker going at the same time? Or how, does, how does that work? Dave, at this point, I should remind you, because Boots hasn't done it yet, that you need to declare our commercial relationship with Tesla. Yeah. Um, no, I... I uh... oh, that Dave, Dave has a semi-sexual relationship with Elon Musk. Sure. Is that what no, it's not, it's not gay. No, it's not gay. Well, no, I do I do own a small amount of Tesla stock. I, I, I was going to buy it years ago, and I really fucking should have, but I read one thing that put me off, so I didn't buy it back then, and my buddy did, and I wonder if he kept it, because back then it was about $40. Is this the car that has the always Hawthorne like, number plate frame on it? <laughs> no, it doesn't have that. It does not have that. Look, Sorry to interrupt look, you, yeah. All I can say is you guys will all be driving electric cars one day and then it won't, and then it won't, it won't seem so stupid. The thing that I'm doing now. Got to be allowed outside first, Dave. So fuck you. Yeah. Baby, baby steps. But no, even like the big automobile, like BMW and all the big Germans, they've all committed to phasing out internal combustion engines and they will be making exclusively electric cars. So you will not have a choice at some point. And I look, I love, you you can trust the Germans if you want to, Dave. (laughs) Yeah. Volkswagen, Volkswagen weren't particularly trustworthy on a couple of things uh, a few years ago, but uh, no, just, you know, just get on board. I, I would love to see Australians embrace it. It's um, I, I, look, what I say to people who criticize Tesla is have you driven one? Because if you drive one, you will think about electric cars differently. If you drive any electric car, like our second electric car, this is going to sound ridiculous, but our second electric car that someone just smashed the windscreen off is a tiny Volkswagen Polo sized Citroen thing. It only goes 80 kilometers before the battery runs out. But this sounds ridiculous, but that car is more fun to drive than the last petrol car we owned, which was a really nice Audi Quattro A5. And this little piece of shit electric car is actually more enjoyable, more fun to drive than that Audi was. It's hard to explain why. It just is. It's just, it's just fun. Like I couldn't, I couldn't go back. I honestly could, could not go back. 
Is it your lady parts that make it more fun to drive? Dri- drive boots. one, boots. Just boots. drive one. And then uh, that's all. Just drive any electric car and then we can talk about it again and see if you still feel the same way. I'm in the bag for electric cars. I'll, I'll look forward to it. My brother has a, an electric car. And, Does he? Uh, the, te- the Tesla is a beautiful car and it drives just, it's, it's an amazing car to drive. And actually, I, actually, I have no, no issues with the uh, electric cars. And I, I, I would hope that the, the, Sort of production technology gets gets good enough, and the needs to get cheaper. Sort of solving the problem, and the solving the problems of actually people actually uh, filling their cars up or recharging their cars sufficiently. My problem is just with Elon Musk. Like, just some of the stuff he has done to his shareholders is is criminal, and that that's what the he's made his Securities Commission found. Yeah, they're they are rich. They are rich though, so. No, I, I sold mine. I, I, the volatility of it was too much for me to handle, so I sold it while it was up a lot. And he, has like, gone, Fuck it. he has seemingly somewhat gone... He's gone from eccentric and on the rails to eccentric and off the rails in the last, like, six to seven years. Oh, yeah. Seemingly. There could be a high Hank Scorpio potential where he just turns out to be... <laughs> he, he very much could be Hank Scorpio. Uh, he's certainly done some, some stupid things. But the thing about the electric cars here and the reason why you know, one in two cars sold here is electric is you do get the rebates and you've got the infrastructure. So the main thing that you normally have to worry about too expensive, you don't have to worry about like our car costs the same as like a Volkswagen Passat. So I'm like, I'd much rather have the Tesla than the Passat. So that's, that's the decision that you're making. And then there's like free charging, you know, all over the place. So it's, I mean, it's, it's sort of an infrastructure thing. Like the Australian government could take steps to help with that, but, they need to choose to do so like help charging infrastructure happen. So people don't panic about range. Surely there's something to be done with like solar and batteries so that you could have stuff at your house in a more cost-effective way. It's, it, it's the battery technology that'll solve it in Australia. That's once it gets and, cheaper, but, 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 but equally. And, uh, and Dave, you just, um, if you do have a garage, you pull in in your tel- in your Tesla, you presumably you you pull out the cord and do you literally forget solar or not solar let's just assume you've got a power point there do you literally just plug it into a normal plug your hair dryer into a power point or do you need like a sort of a thing like a special uh, you, you can generator you adapter shouldn't. thing you can like i've right. charged the car like you would plug in a toaster into a normal outlet right. you can but it's yep. it's a bit stressful on the circuit so you'd probably only do it in an emergency situation i think there's some rules now that you have to you have to sort of beef up the circuit a little bit to stop people from plugging them in everywhere but so basically what you do is you just get a dedicated uh, like this house was a new build so it was just like you have the option of building like a 32 amp circuit that can deliver power in a different way to a normal thing do you want that We're like yes do that and then you just have like a little a thing and that's that's how you do it so um but the, 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 the smart thing that Tesla did that they don't get credit for is they built free charges all over the place at like the distance that you need them. So like you're driving, none of them are in the city at all. It's like work it out yourself. But once you're driving two hours, there'll just be one there right when you're about to sort of start needing it. And that's the really fast type that only takes 30 minutes to fill it up 100%. For the whole car. Yeah. So, so you're just yeah, like, this cool. is good. We'll stop here. The kids can take a piss or we can get them a snack or something and I can check my mail. And by the time you've done all that, by the time you've done all that, it's charged and it hasn't cost you anything. But I think part of the reason the car industry doesn't like electric cars is that like you don't have to service them. So the, the model of, of, of screwing people with expensive services 
is gone because you know, like I've never spent a cent. So I've had, I've owned these cars for five years, two of them never had to spend a cent servicing them. Cause you just, you just don't. Not one cent. No. What about brakes and stuff? Oh uh, yeah. But that was part of the standard service that you was free. So it just didn't cost anything, but that was all like brake pads, wiper things. Well, there you go. What time is it over there? 11? No. Yeah. Quarter yeah just one. after 11. You guys should get some rest. Are weekends worse than weekdays? Or I guess they're all the same. They're it's all the same. same, man. Every day is the same. A playground's just open though, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. good. That's, that's good. helpful. That's very helpful. The kids have lost their minds the last couple of days. Just, yeah. you know, like just like we'd turn up there and they'll see their friends and then just like, of course, they all run off in different directions all at the same time and it's incredibly dangerous. But aside from that, they're having a great time. So that's good. Oh, that's good. I mean, thank God there's something, you know, like you, how long can you go on without being given any type of uh, bone? And I don't mean that sexually. I just mean, you know, literally being thrown a bone. Um, so at least at least it's something. Child care, the 28th of September. That's, the, that's where I'm. Well, it's only 10 days. That's not far. Is that confirmed boots or, or, or is that if, if we get under the 14 day We're already under, threat? We're already under it. We're, we're under, under, it, we're now. under it now. As long as it doesn't yeah. go higher. All right. So thank you to this week's sponsor, Designated Survivor. And if you have any suggestions for what we can call Boots's Sports Corner, please let us know at dickandhamshow at gmail.com and send in under... It's too much pressure. There, there we go. There's the close. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, I, I can leave that in exactly <laughs> like that is. I reckon that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine.